Hello, welcome to pay-per-view on video. I've been recording short segments in the last year, so it's nice to get back to doing full episodes again as well. Episode 79, can you believe that? So every episode will be on video this year. And so we're going to start with this article. This is in the Daily Mail from 23rd December. Uh, Two-thirds of new COVID hospital patients in England only tested positive after being admitted for a different illness. Official data shows amid mounting evidence Omicron is milder. Two-thirds of new COVID hospital patients in England were actually admitted for a different ailment. Main online's analysis of NHS data suggests, as a growing number of studies show Omicron is much milder than Delta. In the two weeks to December 21st, hospitals in England recorded 563 new coronavirus inpatients, the majority of which are believed to be Omicron now that the variant is the country's dominant strain. But just 197, 35% were being primarily treated for COVID, with the remaining 366, 65% only testing positive after being admitted for something else. Experts told men online it was important to distinguish between admissions primarily for COVID so that rising numbers should not spook ministers into more social restrictions or scare the public from going to hospital. England's incidental hospital cases are being driven by London, which has become the UK's Omicron hotspot, where admissions have been rising sharply. But just over 4 in 10 new Omicron hospital patients in London were admitted for a different ailment, Mail Online's analysis suggests. There were 523 more COVID admissions, resulting in an overnight stay in the two weeks to December 21st, after Omicron became dominant in the capital earlier this month. Admission rates for COVID in the capital are one factor ministers are keeping an eye before potentially pulling the trigger on more curves because London is, London is considered to be a few weeks ahead of the rest of the country in its Omicron outbreak. Officials are reported to be considering a national two-week circuit breaker lockdown after Christmas if London's daily admissions breached 400 this week, which would signal unsustainable pressure on the NHS. The latest data show this figure is currently just shy of this threshold at 301 patients on Monday. Just shy, and then 99 away. The rising number of so-called incidental cases, people who were only diagnosed with the virus after going to the NHS for a different ailment, is in line with the picture in South Africa. Studies in the epicentre of Guateng province have shown up to three quarters of Omicron patients there were not admitted primarily for the virus. It comes as officials warn the NHS faces its busiest ever Christmas, with bed occupancy already at 94.5% upon last year and 2,800 people a day are having to wait over half an hour in ambulances as an increasing number of health staff go on sick leave. Dr. Ragabali, a Cambridge University clinical epidemiologist, said if you've got very high prevalence of Omicron in the community, then there is a higher chance anyone who comes to hospital for any reason, even people with broken legs, will have COVID. It's just a feature of having so much Omicron in the community. It is essential to distinguish between the admissions that are primarily for COVID and those that are not. It's not only helpful, but in many ways essential to know the primary diagnosis and to know how many daily emissions there are for every condition that would give us an indication of the true pressure on the NHS. Professor Sir David Spiegelhalter, an eminent statistician at Cambridge University, told Man Online, it looks like there is an increasing number of people being admitted to hospital who turn out to have COVID, presumably the Omicron variant. This is perhaps inevitable with a fast-spreading variant in which the majority do not experience symptoms, but it means there is an extra burden on hospitals in caring for infected patients. COVID infected people put strain on hospitals because they need to be isolated and depending on a variety of risk factors, for example, if the patient is elderly and or frail, COVID can exacerbate health problems and later become the primary reason they remain in hospital. 
and NHS officials have increasingly warned the health services coming under increasing pressure due to Omicron, despite there being fewer COVID patients in hospital now than at the start of November. According to NHS England data, there were 6,245 COVID patients needing hospital care on December 21st. On November the 1st, almost four weeks before the first Omicron cases were found in the UK, this figure was 7,301. Chief Executive of NHS Providers Chris Hobson told BBC Radio Force Today programme that overall bed occupancy, meaning not just COVID, rates are 5% higher than last year where the country was being ravaged by the Alpha variant. Well, it was not being ravaged by the Alpha variant or any variant or any virus. If you look at the broader picture, we are busier at this time of year than we've ever been before, he said. Our bed occupancy rate is 94.5% compared to last year's 89%. That's a huge difference in terms of much more busy. What kind of English is that, much more busy? In terms of being busier, is what it should say. Anyway, Mr. Hobson said around 2,800 people are having to wait more than half an hour in the back of ambulances before being admitted to hospital every day with staff shortages worsening the strain. I was talking to the chief executive of the London Ambulance Service yesterday. He says he was telling me 12% of his staff are currently on sick leave. What you can see is in places where Omicron in particular is spreading through the community, you're finding significant numbers of staff are off. It wasn't all doom and gloom for Mr Hobson, however, as he added that the NHS is preparing to expand care capacity in case of a surge, but also said the health service should be able to manage. What we're trying to do is at the moment just what we always do in the NHS, which is to prioritise care based on medical need, he said. We will and we are identifying places that will be needed if you really, really needed to surge. Mr Hobson added that the NHS had handled around 40,000 simultaneous COVID hospital cases last January, I would be capable of handling the current uptick in emissions, which stands at around 7,000 nationally. We can do this, but the issue is we're under incredible pressure right the way across the health system, he said. News of NHS pressures come along with calls for the government to clarify its tipping point for imposing further pandemic restrictions as new figures show the number of NHS staff absent for COVID reasons that acute trusts in London more than doubled last week. Across England as a whole, 18,829 NHS staff at acute hospital trusts were absent due to COVID on December 19th, up 54% from 12,240 a week earlier and up to 51% from 12,508 at the start of the month, according to the data from NHS England. In London, a total of 3,874 NHS staff at acute trusts were absent for COVID reasons on December 19th, more than double the number a week earlier, 1,540, more than three times the number at the start of the month, 1,174. The total includes staff who were ill with COVID or who were having to self-isolate due to being in close contact with someone, such as a family member who was tested positive, which does not mean they're sick or have a virus, it just means they're tested positive with a test that was made to create copies of genetic material in a laboratory. It was not invented to be a test, as its inventor Kerry Mullis said, and as I've gone into in great depth before. And as I go into in great detail, as well as looking at COVID very comprehensively in a new book that I'm writing at the moment. The figures come as Boris Johnson faces calls to outline his post-Christmas COVID strategy for England, as Northern Ireland, Wales and Scotland have already announced new restrictions to tackle the Omicron variant. Labour call for more clarity from the government on its plans, with Lucy Powell, Shadow Secretary of State for Digital Culture, Media and Sport, claiming Mr Johnson is unable to make calls on COVID data because he has lost authority with the public. 
Ms Powell told Sky News there is a feeling that the Prime Minister is not actually able to take those decisions based very clearly on data because he's got his own political problems and he's lost authority with the public in order to convey some of those messages. She said, I think what we would like to see is more clarity around what data points the government is looking at, where the thresholds lie within those areas that are data points, and if those thresholds are crossed, what action would then follow or what action would not follow if the data comes back in a more positive way as it has done this morning? What are the sort of set of restrictions that may or may not come in depending on those data points? Because at the moment, I think a lot of people just feel like they're really stabbing in the dark. If you're running a nightclub, can you stock up for New Year? If you've got Christmas concerts on or you're operating a theatre, if you've got some travel plans, if you've got friends and families coming to stay after Christmas, what is it people can expect based on that? What information? We're all a little bit in the dark about that. Well, I can answer that. Do what you bloody like. There's the answer. Do what you bloody like. Treat the situation as if this is 2018, 2019, 2017, 2016. Live, do what you would have done then. There's the answer. Earlier today, the Economy Minister for Wales's Labour government said he did not think England's position on COVID restrictions would remain the same for very much longer. Vaughan Gething told Times Radio, We doubled our package because we know that there is a direct impact from the alert level 2 style interventions we've had to introduce to protect the public. I've met regularly with Dave Chapman, UK Hospitality's Executive Director for Wales and other stakeholders over the last few days, making clear the seriousness of the position we're at. We're actually being a bit more generous in the money that's an offer in England. Of course, Dave's talking about England continuing to be open. Well, I'm not sure if that's going to be the position for very much longer. Well, that's up to the people to decide. Mr. Gething also said he thought England was out of step with the other three UK nations on its COVID response. Asked about plans in Wales to curb the spread of the virus, he told Times Radio Scotland and Northern Ireland have taken relatively similar measures yesterday. It's England that's out of step with the other three nations for, reason, for the reason I'm going to explain in a minute. We've done this because of the clear public health advice we've got, and because we are already starting to see a rise in cases. He added, we are, a little more, we are a little more cautious, certainly, than England is, but that's because we think it's the right call. It also emerged today that people who catch the Omicron variant of COVID may be less likely to end up in hospital amid rising case rates and new restrictions across the UK nations. Two new studies suggested catching Omicron was less likely to result in severe symptoms in hospital admission than earlier COVID strains like Delta. However, Professor Neil Ferguson... Here we go. Here we go. Some nonsense is going to ensue. Professor Neil Ferguson from the Bill Gates-funded Imperial College London team behind one of the studies warned Omicron's severity may be offset by the reduced efficacy of vaccines to stop it being transmitted. Well, the vaccines can't stop the virus being transmitted or any variants of it. Recorded case rates of COVID across the UK rose above 100,000 on Wednesday for the first time since the start of the pandemic. Ministers have stressed the government keeping new COVID data in constant review, with Health Minister Gillian Keegan saying yesterday that there is uncertainty. We can't predict what the data is going to tell us before we've got the data. So... It's interesting that the mainstream media is now acknowledging this. While I was pointing this out in the spring of 2020, as was the alternative media on the internet, which is called every stage of this pandemic hoax, sometimes months before, while each next stage is presented in the media and by government as random and spontaneous. How can that be? Because it's a script and the official narrative 
expounded by government and associated agencies and health bodies like the World Health Organization are just a cover each time to introduce the next stage. So this article says two-thirds of new COVID hospital patients in England only tested positive after being admitted for a different illness. It's in truth the figure is three-thirds everyone worldwide since December 2019 in Wuhan when this virus is supposed to have been identified originally as being in hospital with a different illness with this virus uh, as claimed a virus never shown to exist in a single scientific paper still so it says in the article experts told Mail online, it was important to distinguish between admissions primarily for COVID. The only method available to detect who is admitted primarily for COVID and who is admitted for other illnesses or conditions is the ludicrous PCR test and symptoms from other causes. So even the figure for how many were admitted with COVID primarily is a false figure. Elderly and vulnerable people have been treated appallingly in hospital, in care homes and murdered and this was called the COVID first wave, which was claimed to impact mostly elderly people, but not only, also people in their 50s and 60s, and people with disabilities, Nazi Germany, anyone? They said, what about all these elderly people in care homes who were dying with the virus? They were murdered with a drug called midazolam, which I've talked about in this episode. And there's a very good documentary, which I believe is still available to view for free, I may be wrong, depends when you see this, on iconic.com, but you can get a free trial, I think it's a 14 day free trial, I-C-K-O-N-I-C, iconic.com, called A Good Death, which I recommend watching to see what's been happening to elderly people, and the, the uh, do not resuscitate orders for elderly people uh, that have Cause many elderly people to die and this is what has killed elderly people in care homes and I was asked back in 2020 in the earlier in the earlier days of this saga is what it feels like why are people in their 50s and 60s dying when they in the, the numbers that they didn't before well people in that age group were also killed with Midazolam in combination with morphine in care homes. The article talks about Wales and Scotland going further than England with um, policy and the reason is Wales and Scotland are going further than England because they feel they can get away with it. They're not getting the pushback. The worst nightmare of government is to impose restrictions to say right this is what's going to happen and then enough people refuse to comply with the restrictions and they have to remove them because that then sends a message to people not just in that particular country but also worldwide that the people have the power and always have Omicron why are cases of Omicron rising so rapidly? well the World Health Organization in an article on their website entitled Classification of Omicron SARS-CoV-2 Variant of Concern they say Current SARS-CoV-2 PCR diagnostics continue to detect this variant. Several labs have indicated that for one widely used PCR test, one of the three target genes is not detected. 
and this test can therefore be used as a marker for this variant. So what they're saying is target genes are detected by PCR primers. A primer is a short single-stranded DNA sequence. In the PCR method, a pair of primers are used to hybridize with the sample DNA, as they call it, and define the region of the DNA that will be amplified. Hybridization is the process of combining two complementary single-stranded DNA or RNA molecules, and they say this is an RNA virus, and allowing them to form a single double-stranded molecule. Primers are also referred to as oligonucleotides. The point is, primers are the molecules used to amplify a certain region of genetic material within a patient sample. In plain English, what this all means is that two genes, instead of three, need to be detected by the PCR test to register as positive, meaning previously negative cases will now be positive. That's how there are so many cases of Omicron. Omicron is a trick of the test. So this is in the Daily Mail. Exclusive number of English COVID patients ending up in hospital is now seven times lower than during devastating second wave. This data shows Omicron now makes up 90% of new cases in every region. I explained in the previous episode how these variants are discovered and the science or the lack of science and truth behind the discovery of variants. So I recommend listening to that episode. Uh, seven times fewer COVID cases are ending up in hospital now compared to England's devastating second wave. Official data suggests as proof that Omicron is milder continues to pile up. Number 10's own advisors fear the ultra-infectious variant could overwhelm the NHS, which prompted calls for Boris Johnson to adopt tougher restrictions. But mounting evidence now shows the strain causes less severe disease than previous strains which the PM today used to justify his refusal to tighten curbs. A man online's analysis of UK Health Security Agency data adds to the slew of statistics that suggest the days of the UK recording several hundred deaths a day are history. The UK Health Security Agency is the body that has replaced Public Health England and it's a merger between the security network in Britain. The proportion of COVID cases ending up in hospital a week later now stands at just 1.5% compared to 10.9% during the depths of the country's alpha crisis last January and February. Experts told Maine Online, immunity from vaccination and prior infection means what we're seeing this winter is a very different picture, but warrant hospitalizations and deaths could still tick upwards in the coming weeks. Experts always warn. Have you noticed that? They never say anything positive. They're always warning. They must be frightened all the time and be very boring people to know. Anyway, let's continue. Meanwhile, separate figures show five times fewer COVID-infected patients are hooked up to ventilators now than during the NHS's darkest days fighting Alpha. And data from South Africa, the first country to fall victim to the variant, shows Omicron is causing just a quarter of the number of deaths seen before it took hold. The Prime Minister today said Omicron, which now makes up 90% of cases in all nine regions of England, is obviously milder than previous strains, labelling it as one of the main reasons as to why he has opted against tightening restrictions. Uh, this was published on the 29th of December. Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland have all imposed new measures on socialising to combat the ultra-infectious variant. Nicola Sturgeon insisted it was prudent and essential to take action to avoid the sheer volume of cases overwhelming us, she says. But in another sign of hope, men online today revealed that experts are hopeful the outbreak in London may have already peaked. It would mirror the same trend seen in the Grand Zero of South Africa if it comes to fruition.
Data from the UK HSA, the agency in charge of the government's COVID statistics, shows 71,210 people tested positive for COVID on December 19th. Scientists say there's approximately a week lag between someone testing positive and being admitted to hospital. For this reason, government officials compare the two figures, cases by specimen data versus hospital admissions exactly a week later, to work out a rough hospitalisation rate. Virologists say it's impossible to use this data to work out the exact proportion of infected patients who end up in hospital because of a variety of factors. UK HSA data also shows there are 1,374 new COVID NHS admissions in England on December 26th, the most recent day figures are available for. This data suggests around 1.9% of cases end up in hospital a week later, but the average daily figure now stands at 1.5% when day-to-day fluctuations in data are removed. For comparison, on February 12th, 10,576 people tested positive and 1,068 were admitted to hospital a week later, equating to a 10.9% hospitalisation rate, seven times higher than the current figure. But the rates are skewed by testing rates, with around 600,000 swabs being carried out every day then compared to 1.5 million now. Dr. Alexander Edwards, an associate professor in biomedical technology at Reading University, University told men online the high level of immunity from vaccination and high levels of previous infection gives us a far stronger chance of wiping out the virus before it can cause more serious illness. He said, as a result, what we're seeing this winter is a very different picture. We're still seeing incre- incredibly high numbers of infection, but far fewer people getting ill enough to need hospital treatment. But Dr. Edwards warned, he must be an expert then. Omicron can still cause really nasty disease and the country can still see hospital overload and tragically may still see increases in death rates. He's definitely an expert. The incredibly rapid rise in Omicron cases happened so recently that we'd only start to see these numbers coming through in the next week or two, he added. Several real-world studies have already found Omicron, which has now been found in around 90 different countries, to be milder than previous strains of the virus. The UK Health Security Agency found people who catch the super mutant variant were up to 45% less likely to be admitted to A&E, and up to 70% less likely to be hospitalised. And a study in South Africa found people who catch Omicron are 80% less likely to be hospitalised than those who catch Delta, and 70% less likely to be admitted to the ICU or put on a ventilator compared to those who caught Delta in early 2020. Data on patients who were admitted to hospital also suggest that Omicron infections are less severe than previous COVID strains. Of the 9,546 people in hospital across England yesterday, 758 were on mechanical ventilation, 7.9%. For comparison, 3,736 patients were on ventilators at the peak last winter, five times as many as now, out of 32,907 patients, 11.4%. It comes after a top expert yesterday said Omicron is not the same disease we're seeing a year ago. Sir John Bell, a world-leading immunologist and former government advisor, said high COVID death rates were now consigned to history. In response to the growing evidence, Mr Johnson today said Omicron is obviously milder than previous dominant Delta. Well, I'll get into in a minute. Why well, we may now be uh, being told that Omicron is milder. But it's nothing to do with the virus. Speaking to reporters during a visit to a vaccination clinic in Milton Keynes, Mr Johnson said the vaccine rollout has allowed England to resist imposing further COVID restrictions despite the other three UK nations bringing in strict curbs. He said the Omicron variant continues to cause real problems. You are seeing cases rising in hospitals, but it is obviously milder than the Delta variant and we were able to proceed in the way that we are. Asked why England had acted differently to devolved nations, Mr Johnson said, I think we've looked at the balance and the risk together. We generally concert our strategies together. We see the data showing that yes, the cases are rising and yes, hospitalizations are rising, but what is making a huge difference is the level of booster resistance or level of vaccine-induced resistance in the population. 
what we need to do now is really finish off that work. I've no doubt at all that by January 1st, by the new year, every adult in the country would have been offered the slot to get a booster. They will be given a slot to get one. The question is, are we getting people coming forward to take advantage of these slots? And that's what needs to happen, says Johnson. England's 1,374 hospitalisation figure on Boxing Day was up nearly 50% on the previous Sunday. It marked England's higher daily toll since February during the darkest days of the country's devastating second wave. But a senior health official called for caution in misinterpreting the figures, warning hospitals were now recording more incidental cases due to the rapid spread of Omicron. So he must be an expert as well. I don't think it's any coincidence whatsoever, not at all, that they're now saying that Omicron is milder than they originally thought. Because if they claimed Omicron was as deadly and a risk to health as much as they would like to, then there would be no excuse for Boris to not to impose restrictions and possibly lockdown according to the official narrative. But the government are getting too much pushback to impose those policies. And so if you want to save face, you can claim that actually the variant is not as dangerous or deadly as we thought. So there's no need to impose new restrictions when the truth is you can't impose new restrictions because the people won't let you and the power is with us, not with them if we only use the power and take our freedom back which was given away by us in the first place. This is another reason why having no actual virus but a made up one helps because you can make the data say anything you want you can make the cases go up you can make them go down on the basis of a test that can't test for a virus even if there was a virus you can make up as many variants as possible you can claim the fake vaccine is working because there's less cases even though more people are getting injured and dying and going to hospital with a fake vaccine which you can blame on variants and you can say a variant or the virus itself is less deadly or risk to health that was first claimed because you're getting pushback. You're not limited to what an actual virus is doing and can do or can't do. And 2022 is going to be a pivotal year to see how that pushback plays out over the course of 2022. Um, and by the end of 2022, we'll get a really good idea of when this is going to end and the overall state of play, as it were. Another story here. 5th of January. Asymptomatic English who test positive for COVID on a lateral flow will no longer be able to get confirmatory PCR from January 11th amid test shortage. Thousands face being quarantined with false positives. While every positive worldwide since December 2019 in China has been a false positive. Because the test cannot test for any virus, never mind this virus. Even if this virus existed. Follow-up PCRs for asymptomatic COVID sufferers who test positive on lateral flow have been scrapped in a bid to ration tests. I'll get into the real reason why, and it's nothing to do with rationing tests after I've read this article. Previous guidance to confirm positive rapid tests and more accurate lab results, <laughs> more accurate you can, you can only laugh, will be removed indefinitely from January 11th. The temporary change has been announced amid sky-high case numbers and unprecedented demand for testing. Is it temporary? Three weeks to flatten the curve. That was temporary. Under the change, people who receive a positive result on a lateral flow test will be required to self-isolate immediately for seven days without PCR confirmation. 
The UK Health Security Agency said the vast majority of people with a positive lateral flow result can be confident they have the virus because case rates are so high. It estimates the number of false positives are as low as 1 in 3,000. Try every single one. However, with just under 1.5 million lateral flow tests being conducted across the UK every day, this could still lead to thousands of people who don't have COVID needlessly having to isolate. Try every single one. The government has also axed the COVID travel testing scheme brought into fight Omicron from 4am on Friday. Fully vaccinated passengers entering the UK will not need to take a pre-arrival test. Boris Johnson said Omicron is now so prevalent in the country that the measure is having limited impact on the spread of the disease. Day 2 follow-up PCRs for UK arrivals are also being scrapped and replaced by lateral flows, saving people up to £60 per test. It comes at a time when services such as the NHS, public transport and bin collection are struggling to cope under the weight of staff absences caused by workers having to self-isolate. Today, even some NHS leaders have joined a growing chorus of voices calling for the self-isolation period to be slashed from seven days to five to prevent services from being cut back. Under the new testing rules, only people who have COVID symptoms such as a high temperature, a new continuous cough or change in sense of taste and or smell should still get a PCR test, the UKHSA said. UKHSA Chief Executive Dr Jenny Harry said while cases of COVID continue to rise, this tried and tested approach means that lateral flows can be used confidently to indicate COVID infection without the need for PCR confirmation. It remains really important that anyone who experiences COVID symptoms self-isolates immediately. They should also order PCR test on gov.uk or by phone 119. I'm really grateful to the public and all of our critical workers who continue to test regularly and self-isolate when necessary along with other practical and important public health behaviours as this is the most effective way of stopping the spread of the virus and keeping our friends, families and communities safe. UKHSA have said lateral flow devices are 80% effective at detecting people with high viral loads of COVID. These people are considered to be the most infectious and therefore most likely to pass the virus on to others. Health chiefs said the change would be kept in place until COVID prevalence dips below 1%. Prevalence last week was around 4% according to the Office for National Statistics Infection Survey. UKHSA officials say only around 40-60% to 60% of people who test positive on LFDs will actually take their confirmatory PCR. Experts held the move as sensible given current case numbers, arguing PCR confirmations waste time during infection surges. SAGE member John Edmonds, a model at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, said this change makes a lot of sense. When the prevalence is high, and it is incredibly high at the moment, almost everyone who tests positive with a lateral flow test will be a true positive. There really is no need to confirm this with a PCR, a step that not only wastes time but costs a lot of money and uses up laboratory resources that could be better used elsewhere. There are downsides to this change. We would have slightly less information on the relative prevalence of the different variants circulating in the community as PCR swabs undergo genotyping and sequencing, and the daily number of confirmed cases may need more careful interpretation overall, although I think that these downsides are worth it. So David Spiegelhauter. Chair of the Winton Centre for Risk and Evidence Communication at the University of Cambridge said this seems a sensible move. We argued back in October that it seemed fairly pointless to do a confirmatory PCR after a positive lateral flow test. This is even more true now, with current infection rates of positive lateral flow followed by a negative PCR would still mean it was very likely that you were carrying the virus. PCRs are useful for surveillance, sequencing and have legal status, but if you want to focus on isolating people who are infectious, then lateral flows may be adequate, but they need to be reported. Dr. Haley Jones, Senior Lecturer in Medical Statistics at the University of Bristol, said assuming a positive lateral flow test meant you had COVID was sensible, but urged people not to believe that the opposite meant they were virus-free. At current high levels of infection in the population, it's sensible to assume you're infectious if you have a positive lateral flow test result without a confirmatory PCR, she said. 
but it's crucial to remember that the reverse is not true. A negative lateral flow result doesn't guarantee that you don't have COVID or that you're not infectious, so it remains important to get a PCR test if you have symptoms regardless of a negative lateral flow result. However, some have slammed the decision, even arguing the drop in PCR test which being processed in a lab can reveal more information about the COVID virus can lead to a new variant emerging in the UK undetected. Liberal Democrat Leila Moran, or is it Leila Moron even, MP Chair of the All-Party Parliamentary Group on Coronavirus said the Alpha variant was originally found in Kent and with hundreds of thousands of new infections in the UK daily, there was a greater chance of another variant emerging here. Effective sequencing and testing enable South Africa to warn the world about Omicron and the risk of this change is that we can miss new variants that may be more deadly, infectious or resistant to vaccines. Well, there's no danger there, given that you can't have variants of a virus that doesn't exist and the original virus has never been shown to exist in a single scientific paper. And I talk about this in a couple of videos on the Paperview website, paperview.uk. One of them is called Paper Talk, and there was another one I made about the tissue culture fraud, which is the way, the only way that a virologist finds a virus and proves that it causes disease. But Paper Talk, I look at scientific papers. I think I go through about 10 in that video and I explain some of the jargon and how to read the papers and I've read over 60 and not found one that proves that the virus exists. Professor Sheila Bird, formerly program leader of the MRC Biostatistics Unit at the University of Cambridge, said the UK HSA figure of tests being 80% effective at catching highly infectious individuals was based on data from the Alpha and Delta waves. For transparency, results for these Omicron era jaw testing evaluations will be placed in the public domain at the earliest opportunity, she said. This is the second time in the pandemic that the UK has suspended confirmation PCR testing, previously doing so, so in January 2021, during a similar surge in COVID case numbers. On that occasion, the policy had lasted until March. Number 10 is faced repeated calls for a change to self-isolation rules and cut the self-isolation period from seven days down to five, following with the example set by the US and France. Staff having to quarantine for a whole week has been cited by NHS bosses as contributing to an escalating staffing crisis that has engulfed hospitals and led some to cancel routine operations. One in ten NHS employees are currently thought to be off sick or self-isolating. Mr Johnson yesterday revealed plans are being drawn up to call in the army if the crisis continues to worsen. When ambulance trust began asking patients with life-threatening heart attacks and strokes to get a lift to hospitals because they did not have enough paramedics. Meanwhile, around a dozen hospital trusts have declared critical incidents in recent days, signalling that they may struggle to deliver vital care to patients in the coming weeks because so many medics are off isolating. And last night, it emerged that 17 hospitals scattered across Greater Manchester have had to start pausing non-urgent surgeries. Up to 15% of staff are off sick with the virus in the worst in hospitals. Around 1.3 million Britons are currently thought to be languishing under house arrest as the NHS rail services and bin collections come under severe strain. Well, lockdown is house arrest. So dropping the PCR and relying only on lateral flow tests is nothing to do with rationing tests. Dropping the PCR means many cases that PCR would have claimed were negative will now be positive. Positive. Uh, which means more um, justification for self-isolation officially. And uh, the lateral flow test originally was uh, needed to be confirmed if it was positive with the PCR test. Now, out of nowhere, when they're desperate for lockdown, it doesn't. 
listen to the science. They want to generate more cases to justify lockdown by stealth because they know they're going to get too much pushback at the moment to justify an outright lockdown. The next story. This is in the Daily Mail from 29th of December. Tell us true scale of ward cases. Rao erupts as data shows a third of COVID patients are in hospital for reasons other than the virus. A row erupted over the government's COVID figures last night, 28th of December, as it emerged almost one in three in hospital with the virus was admitted for unrelated reasons. NHS statistics revealed the proportion of so-called incidental coronavirus admissions had risen to a record 29%, sparking claims that official figures were misleading. These cases are from patients taken hospital for an unrelated reason, such as a fall or broken bone who just happened to then discover they also have the virus. They tested positive with a test that can't test for viruses. It means thousands of those being counted as COVID admissions, which which would suggest they're severely ill with the condition are not actually suffering seriously with the virus. Many only tested positive once they were on wards and may have simply caught the virus while there. It has raised concerns that the headline statistics which drive government decisions on restrictions and lockdowns are overestimating how many people are dangerously sick with COVID. Last night, former Tory leader Sir Ian Duncan Smith said this is a nonsense. It's almost certain that admissions for COVID are far lower than the figures suggest. We cannot make decisions based on hospital admissions when we don't know how many were admitted for other reasons and subsequently tested positive. He went on. It also speaks very badly to the NHS's ability to control COVID in hospitals when so many people are catching it there. He called for the Independent Office for National Statistics to publish the figures for true COVID admissions rather than the NHS. Because hospital inpatients are now routinely tested for COVID data in England have always included those who were brought in for entirely separate reasons but were later found to be infected either because they had already a quarter in hospital. From July, trusts were told to provide a breakdown of those who were primarily admitted because of acute COVID symptoms and those who were in hospital for other reasons. Initially, figures showed 20%, one in five of those in hospital with COVID were admitted for another condition, but the proportion has steadily grown before reaching a series of new highs in recent weeks going to skip past all the talk about cases because it's frankly irrelevant. The number of incidental emissions is likely to have risen still further since then because of the rapid spread of the milder Omicron variant with cases covering the week to Christmas Eve we published on New Year. Chris Hobson, Chief Executive and Membership Body NHS Providers NHS providers talking to trust chief executives this morning. What's very interesting is how many are talking about the number of asymptomatic patients being admitted to hospital for other reasons and then testing positive for COVID. Some are describing them as incidental COVID. So this is the media reporting what was reported by the alternative media on the internet and in this podcast back in the spring of 2020. So the article says, last night, former Tory leader Sir Ian Duncan Smith said, this is a nonsense. It's almost certain that admissions for COVID are far lower than the figures suggest. We cannot make decisions based on hospital admissions when we don't know how many were admitted for other reasons and subsequently tested positive. He went on. It also speaks very badly to the NHS's ability to control COVID in hospitals when so many people are catching it there. But they're not catching it there. They're testing positive there, which is not the same thing. Testing positive doesn't mean you've got anything. It doesn't mean you're sick testing positive with the test that can't test for a virus is what it means the article also says initially the figures showed that 20 percent one in five of those in hospital with covid were admitted for another condition but the proportion is steadily grown before reaching a series of new highs in recent weeks but the point is the hospitalizations blamed on covid 
alone are people with symptoms from a wide variety of other causes and you tested positive with a test that can't test for a virus so none of the figures are reliable worldwide since December 2019 in Wuhan China to today so I hope you like the new format I do I think it's going to be much better and more of a multimedia experience so that's it for this week that's the news that's the contesting connections that's pay-per-view more to come next week until then goodbye <laughs>